You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you're having a great start to your Tuesday. Before we get to baseball talk, I will say, I think it's hard to suggest anybody having a better Tuesday morning than fellow Battery Power Podcast member Brad Rowland. want to send him a quick congratulations last night. The 2023-2024 college football season officially came to an end, and of course the national champions were the Michigan Wolverines. Now, I know many listening to this podcast are SEC fans, or the Battery Power Podcast Network, SEC fans, especially Georgia. Georgia's going to be there every year, obviously, but just want to send us a quick congratulations to Brad Rowland and his Michigan Wolverines. Now, let's get to baseball. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, and the podcast to be named later, all at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN, across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. Wherever you choose to listen, that's where we'll be for free. Just hit that subscribe button, and you'll get the latest content when it's available. My name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter, X, whatever you call it. When it comes to the Braves. Here's the latest from Atlanta. So last year really ended the heavy lifting, in my opinion, for the Braves this offseason. On December 30th, the Braves made their major move of the offseason, both addressing their biggest need with likely the most significant name they're going to get. Trading for Chris Sale in the days that that happened after, they wound up extending Chris Sale. All of this discussed you know, the latest uh, podcast to be named later. Make sure you check it out We're with Chris Willis and Stephen Tolbert. But that doesn't mean that the Braves are done making moves entirely. They've had a very active offseason. I, I know we've had double-digit signings plus trades. We may even be to the point to where we're in double-digit trades. But the Braves still do have some open roster spots, and they also have to solidify the compensation for a few players already on the roster for 2024. More on that in just a moment. But on Friday of last week, the Braves Avoided arbitration, settled, agreed to whatever you want to, you know, terminology you want to use. But they agreed to a one-year $825,000 deal with Waskar, you know, who is one of their three remaining arbitration um, contracts, arbitration players that they needed to take care of. Waskar, you know, of course, coming off 2023 when it came to Tommy John surgery. Even though many other players who recently have been injured, the Braves decided to move on from, the Braves seem to clearly think that Waskar Yunoa can provide value perhaps in the rotation, perhaps when it comes to the bullpen. So they did decide to keep him around. One year, 825000 kind of made it a no-brainer. But that is one less arbitration um, opportunity that the Braves have to worry about. They got that settled on Friday. And then, of course, not arbitration, uh, not concerning arbitration, but 
A move to fill a roster spot with a potential piece of the Braves bench was veteran utility member Luis Guillorme, or veteran utility infielder Luis Guillorme, who the Braves signed to a one-year $1.1 million deal. Now, Guillorme, many may know him from the fact that he spent, you know, part of to all of the last six years with the New York Mets. A utility, mainly infielder, has shown some good flashes with the glove in the past, has had good streaks of good contact, you know, a pretty, you know, good contact hitter. Not a lot of power. There's not a lot of potential when it comes to Guillaume making a, making contact. That's why he's a free agent and why he was available as a, as a bench piece, potentially. But that's the type of piece that you're okay having when it comes to your bench pieces. A, a little bit of a little bit of versatility. Player you can play in, in multiple positions. Someone that knows how to stay ready as a bench piece. And perhaps the Braves see something in his swing where they potentially can get a bit more value out of his bat like they've been able to do with so many before. But with the Braves now continuing to fill out their roster, they again still do have a couple of members of their current roster whose 2024 salaries need to be taken care of. And that likely will be the source of the biggest news of this week. Because coming up on January 12th, and we talked about on last week's Hammer that there were going to be multiple days or multiple important days coming up in what is always a busy January on the baseball offseason schedule. But coming up on Friday is the day, it's the deadline, in which when it comes to teams and their arbitration eligible players, the teams and the players have to swap their salary proposals for 2024. Now, to, to give an example, you know, this this is something that has been done time and time again every single year when it comes to the Braves. They typically have multiple players who, who they, they arrive at this deadline with. And so the player, like, for instance, Max Reed, you know, the two players remaining that the Braves need to settle on 2,024 salaries with are Max Reed and A.J. Minter, who, of course, with both of them, you have multiple narratives to look at when it comes to, you know, this deadline this week. But the way that it works is kind of like last year with Max Reed. When this deadline arrived at this time last year, Max Reed filed a salary of $15 million. The Braves filed a salary of $13.5 million. A month later, February 2023, they had the arbitration hearing, and, and, and the Braves wound up winning. And so Max Reed's salary was, two, that was a $13.5 million in 2023. On the other hand, A.J. Minter was also coming up towards this deadline last year, and the Braves settled on a contract with him for 2023. So just because this deadline is arriving, number one, it in no way, shape, or form means that Max Reed nor AJ Minter in, in no way, shape, or form impacts the fact that they're going to be Braves in 2024. What it does mean is that these figures simply need to be swapped. This week, the Braves could agree to a one-year deal to avoid arbitration with Freed and Mentor or both, or even after this deadline passes and Figures have been swapped. The Braves can still agree to that type of deal with Freed or Mentor, or they could go to arbitration. And again, there's nothing significant. The Braves typically do go to arbitration with players who make it to this point. So you could see a potential one-year deal, one-year settling occur with either Mentor or Freed, or you could see both go to arbitration. At the end of the day, it's just more of a formality than anything else to settle on the 2024 salary for both Freed and Mentor. Now, of course... With both Max Reed and A.J. Minter, you're talking about a significant part of your bullpen. You're talking about a significant part of your starting rotation in which both of them, there's a very good chance that they're going to be free agents after next year. So is the potential there now to where you can see an increased likelihood of a potential extension 
than at other previous points this offseason. Again, I don't think that's likely because I think that that's something that has already been discussed, already been addressed when it comes to um, Alex Anthopoulos. His love for reliable bullpen pieces, obviously his love for, for players that, that, that have grown up in Atlanta's system and blossomed in Atlanta. I'm sure that, you know, Alex Anthopoulos has had conversations with both Freed and Mentor. Nothing has happened as of yet. I don't anticipate it happens now. So again, you could see both Freed and Mentor go towards arbitration. I think at least one of them will. Or you could see one of them agree to a deal this week to avoid arbitration. At the end of the day, this is just a formality. And both, and in time, both players will have their 2024 salaries settled. So still plenty of news to, to focus on and be aware of when it comes to the Braves filling out the roster, but also when it comes to these arbitration figures being exchanged by or on Friday. But of course, when it comes to January, you know, this is just the first of a few, you know, of a few busy dates. Next week, you've got the start of the international signing period. The Braves are connected with potentially having the best international prospect in this year's class coming into their organization. More about him as this week goes on. And then, of course, on the 23rd of January, you've got the announcement of the 2024 Baseball Hall of Fame. Former Braves such as Billy Wagner and Gary Sheffield, their candidacies look good right now. Of course, the one that we're all hoping for is Andrew Jones. He still seems to be short of making it this year, but he sustained the jump that he had last year, which seems really encouraging for his chances in time. So while it may not happen this year, hopefully it'll happen towards the middle of this decade at some point in time. But another fun news nugget came to light on Monday that really seemed to highlight the Braves' ability to find good value in the draft when it comes to pitchers, and that could be a big key for the Braves not only in 2024, but beyond when it comes to answering short and long-term questions about their pitching staff. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So Baseball America came out with an article on Monday in which it ranked all 30 major league teams based on their ability to draft pitchers or based on their ability to gain value from the pitchers that they draft. And the Braves actually ranked fifth on that list. And and that may come as a bit of a surprise to some with the fact that the Braves have moved on from, from multiple homegrown arms that have had previous success this offseason, and also with the fact that the Braves have been rumored all offseason to potentially be making a significant move to bring in an arm 
are multiple arms that could be long-term options for the rotations. So a lot of what you've seen happen this offseason may not necessarily indicate that the Braves are the best at, at drafting in this developing pitching talent. But that actually couldn't be further from the case. Think about it. During this time with Alex Anthopoulos that we've seen the Braves draft and develop pitchers, I know that the article focused on drafting, but part of that is development, in my opinion. But just think about it. Think of the significant value that the Braves have gotten from several of the arms that they've drafted over the past five to six years. Michael Soroka, Kyle Wright, Ian Anderson, Spencer Strider, Bryce Elder. Each of these names that I just mentioned have had significant success when on the mound and healthy, that's the key, and healthy over the past several years for the Braves. Now, of course, of those names, right now, the only ones that are that are relevant are, are Strider as well as Elder. You've seen the Braves, unfortunately, move on from Michael Soroka and Kyle Wright this offseason, but a big reason why they've had to move on from them was because of injuries. Ian Anderson was... Mike Soroka in 2019, Kyle Wright in 2023, two very valuable pitchers. Unfortunately, their success came with a cost, and that was dealing with long-term injury issues. Ian Anderson was a solid source of value to start off his career, especially in the playoffs, but he unfortunately fell off a bit and now is recovering from Tommy John surgery. But the big key about all this is, is that even though the Braves have been focusing on adding starting pitching and pitching in general this offseason, it's because of the fact that some of the depth that they thought that they would develop in time has kind of been derailed by injuries and they've had to move on from it. But it doesn't mean that the Braves are not good at developing pitching prospects. Another example of how drafting and developing pitching prospects can help a team is that you look at the fact that multiple pitching prospects for the Braves were, have been involved in, in deals, have been involved in trades for current members of this Braves team that are going to be long-term parts of the core. Sean Murphy, Matt Olson, you know, Joe Jimenez, Pierce Johnson, Rysel Iglesias, each and every one of those players that have been acquired over the past multiple years included in their trade packages were pitchers that the Braves drafted and thus developed. So this is a strength of this Braves team. You know, we talk about at the major league level how good the Braves are at bringing in offensive talents and helping them make more of their productivity in Atlanta than in their previous stops. Well, with pitching, it's more at the minor league level where the Braves have done such a good job of identifying talents such as Elder and Strider and helping them to develop into higher ceiling options than many considered they would be. And so while that, why that's significant beyond, you know, just being awesome to get recognized for is the fact that when it comes to these long-term questions for the Braves rotation, one of the reasons why the Braves are going to be reluctant to paying, you know, to overpaying for a potential top-of-the-rotation option in a trade or in a signing is because they remain confident in their ability to develop pitching talent. And they may have 
two of the better prospects that they've had in the entire time Alex Anthopoulos has been here in A.J. smith Shaver and Hurston Waldrop, as well as other options that they could develop, that they've recently drafted and could develop as well. But another key thing beyond just drafting well when it comes to arms is I think that the Braves' ability to develop pitchers is going to be something that will be under the spotlight in 2024 as well at the major league level in multiple ways. For one, the Braves are going to need to show the ability to help past sources of success regain value coming off of injury. Dylan Lee, Tyler Matzik, two left-handed options out of the bullpen. They're both returning from significant injury. Can they regain their previous value? Waskar Yanoa coming back from Tommy John surgery. Can he be a versatile option that the Braves can use? Could Ian Anderson make any sort of impact this year coming back from Tommy John surgery? But also, it's the development with external arms that the Braves have brought in. Just like they've shown the ability to do on the offensive side, can the Braves' approach when it comes to pitching lead to some of the arms that they've brought in this year providing better production here than they did previously? You're looking at Aaron Bummer, um, you know, uh, Ronaldo Lopez, um, among others. Chris Sale, obviously. Now, you saw the Braves do that with Pierce Johnson and Joe Jimenez last year than what they previously did in Detroit and Colorado. So I think one of the things that may be a bit overlooked at times, with so much talk being about the Braves focusing on external efforts to bring in pitching value and talent, is the fact that the Braves have established a pretty good foundation when it comes to drafting and developing pitchers. And it's not only about drafting them, but it's also about making the most of their development as time goes along. And the Braves have proven to be very valuable when it comes to that, and that'll continue to need to be a strength of this organization as the pitching staff looks to continue to support what has turned into a historical offensive core for this team to really have a chance of winning multiple titles in the future. Can't thank you enough for joining us here on the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. By all means, please follow me on Twitter if you get the chance. It also will be great for you to follow all the great content at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN, across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. Just hit that subscribe button when it comes to the Battery Power podcast feed, and you'll get the latest content when it's available. My name is Sean Coleman. Until next time, go Braves. We'll talk to you again soon here on The Daily Hammer.